If you needed help at 4am, who would you turn to? What are the health impacts of feeling isolated? And in a world where more of us are living longer or choosing to be on our own, how do we protect ourselves from one of the biggest problems facing both the older and younger generations? Loneliness. You see, the dictionary says being lonely is sadness without friends or company. But perhaps being alone isn't as simple as the meaning suggests. From the people who've worn the t-shirt and got the postcard of facing life alone, to those connecting them with a new lease of life, to the GPs and health experts seeing their patients transform firsthand. This is Discover Bright Life, a podcast series challenging the idea of what loneliness really is and what all of us can do to help to avoid it. For more information on this series, visit brightlifecheshire.org.uk. Discover Bright Life, because sometimes the best medicine is a good laugh in friendly company. Cooking a three-course meal for one isn't top of the agenda when living alone. Why bother slapping up posh nosh, say some of the folk visiting Bright Life services. And when it comes to getting out and travelling through rural areas, with transport services dwindling, it can become the norm to stay at home without any company or conversation or weekend. So the concept of Share Club was born, the brainchild of Yvonne Boyle and Simone Cobbled from Community Compass, part funded by Bright Life, with the aim of offering a monthly Saturday meetup in Winsford, a nice meal and an opportunity to connect with others, with people who've also lost their other halves, their families living far away, or just needing a reason to leave the house. So this episode, we emerge ourselves in one of their meetups, take a tour of the room and meet some of the people who've experienced loneliness firsthand and have also found new and old friends along the way. Let's slip inside the room and from the corner, watch all the faces arriving at the Dingle Centre. First come the staff and volunteers, the lefts of Yvonne and Simone ring out across the room. The music helps us take a step back in time. The tables are set, chairs unfolded, as some 40 people begin to show. Four groups of tables start to fill of both strangers and friends, some known and some new. I'm introduced to Santa Fred, who, as you'd expect, was last year's Santa at the Christmas party to the three musketeers, three older gentlemen who've joined forces amongst a sea of women. Then there's Sharon on the crafts table and Sylvia, who's recently taken up Nordic walking, to Emma serving cups of tea and Jason, the taxi driver. (laughs) The thing that strikes me immediately is a sense of happiness. But just a year ago, none of this existed. Even six months ago, many of these people didn't know each other. 
let's move into the kitchen. A buzz with the tinkling of teacups, the smell of fish and chips slowly rising through the room. Today's menu is slightly different. Ice cream for afters and a curry taster for starters. The theme is Commonwealth Day, a chance for the participants to try foods from afar. And at the helm is Yvonne cooking up the three course offering for all the attendees. I step outside the kitchen back to the main room and look to my right where a table is filling up with women. They're deep in conversation as if they've known each other a lifetime. And then Simone introduces me to them and it turns out they have. Once schoolgirls with their lives and dreams and ambitions ahead of them, now older ladies having married and bore children, sharing the stories of all that life has offered them, surprisingly finding themselves back in contact after losing their loved ones, and meeting at Share Club as if they hadn't missed a day in between. So let's meet them. A chair is pulled aside, and the conversation flows easy, as if I'm part of the crew just for a few moments. The bread's lovely. It is, isn't it? I've just had some chips. Yeah, that's all I needed. Just a few chips to keep me going. So I think you may be the spokesperson, Audrey. Yeah, don't you think? Was she always the spokesperson? Yes, not really. <laughs> I've never been on the air before. <laughs> Audrey, introduce me to some of your friends around the table. Tell me who they are and, and how you know them. Oh, well, this is my friend Audrey, who we've known since we were babies. Yeah. Uh, that's Margaret that I met at school. Uh, do, do you want the Christian names? Oh, we'll no, just do first just names, names, yeah. That's Betty, which I don't know very well. I've only met her here, yeah. haven't I? This is the second time I've met you. This is Dorothy, second time for Dorothy, yep. and this is Beryl, who um, is my school friend, yes. and we've been friends, the three of us, for a lot, well, four of us, for a long time, yes. I hear this, yeah. So, Beryl, what were you all like when you were at school? Oh, no, we, we all knew each other, because we lived in the same street. Audrey just lived higher up, Audrey lived across. I mean, we split up for friendship, because... Well, I got married, we all got married. I lived at Nottingham seven years then. But recently, we're all on our own now and we've got friends again, which is nice. Thank you. So how did you end up reconnecting then? We're here today in Chair Club. Oh, well, we were friends before we started here. It's me that's introduced Audrey and Beryl to come with me, wasn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. Audrey doesn't go far, she lives locally but doesn't go very far at all, do you? Beryl and I do get out to one or two clubs, so... But, uh, so Audrey took a lot of persuading, didn't you? I do, I do. <laughs> it must be nice, because at least you've got some friends who can come with you. Sometimes when you go through these things and you haven't got anybody to go with you, yeah, yeah. I imagine that for some people here, that must be That's how I persuaded her in the end, because yeah. she knew Margaret, didn't you, as well? Yeah. What difference does it make having events like this to your lives? You're sitting in, at home all the time, in, in the chair, watching the TV. No, because I'm bad on my legs, I can't walk very far. I'm partially blind, so I can't see the TV unless I'm on top of it. And um, I can't hear very well, because I've got hearing aids in both ears. And my knees are bad. 
Yeah. So it's good for me. They've been very good, actually. Everyone has. Well, you can probably hear the laughter in the background, yeah. and clearly some of the ladies who come Having and work here, time, yeah. Yeah. they have fun too, yeah. and that must be quite yeah. infectious yeah. to be around that positivity. Having food prepared for you when you're on your own is very good because you don't want to do it at home. Yeah. When you've cooked for your husband for so long and then you've got the upset of losing him, you just can't be bothered to eat at home. Yeah. So it is nice uh, to be able to have it done for you. Yeah, yeah, it is, yes, yeah. One of the things that I've been trying to understand better with um, other people who have spoken to is trying to explain to people who haven't been lonely what being lonely is. Is it something that you can explain if, when you try and put it into words? Go on, tell me that again, Dorothy. Emptiness. Isn't it when you've had somebody with you all that time? I was married for 62 years. So you just, you know, it's just awful to be. You've no one to tell the little things to that you don't want to tell anybody else, you know. You just kind of come out with it as you're walking around the house. And you can't do that anymore. Unless you talk to a photograph, which I sometimes do that. Until it happens to you, you don't know at all what. No. Everybody will say they're sorry to you and. All right, they are at that particular time, but they've not gone through that actual, you know, so they don't know, do they? <laughs> well, isn't it lovely that, certainly for you ladies, that you reconnected yeah. later oh, yeah. in life, that yeah. out of some difficulties yeah. there can be moments or things that it's nice to know that there are other people who get you. Plus you can make new friends, you see, as well. You're meeting new people all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it gives you something else to think about, doesn't it? Well, it looks like the dessert's on its way. I'll, uh, I'll leave you to let your fish and chips go down. And it's been lovely to meet you all. I head towards the back of the room. Just in front of the stage is a long row of tables filled with pens, crayons, tracing paper and stencils. Sylvia, the Nordic walker, is deep in thought creating her artwork. Santa Fred is chatting with one of his male pals about his upcoming trip to Manchester with his local church. The Crafts Corner is a hive of activity. We painted pottery a few months ago, says one sprightly fellow. The Commonwealth curry begins to arrive as the volunteers spring into action, making sure everyone is fed and watered. Not everyone's a fan. They know what they like, or so they say, and promise that they're saving themselves for the main course. Right, who wanted mushy? There's one normal coming, there's two mushy. What would you like, sweetheart? Let's wander over to another table, the rowdy ones in the room, joking and bantering with jovial pokes across the desk as if they'd known each other for months. Two of the people sat at one of the corners are Pat and Tim. They've just met today, but they share something privately that makes them chuckle as I sit down to join them. Tim is in a wheelchair and he calls himself the relatively new boy here. He tells me, thanks to Winsford social prescriber Jackie, that Share Club is something that's become a highlight in his social calendar. And then he opens up and tells me his story, the good, the bad 
and the ugly. Oh, my name's Tim and this is my third visit. And tell me about what life is like for you, Tim, away from Share Club. Very lonely. Um, I don't see anybody. <clears throat> I don't have any contact with anybody. It's, it's a very lonely place to be, to be on your own. So places like this, this makes so much difference to me. And that's only for a few hours, but... The people around, as you can see, they're also friendly. And I met Pat today, first time I've met her, but we've been talking if we've known each other for years, and I feel so much better in myself. Yeah. Your situation changed quite quickly, didn't it? it it's funny how life can do that oh. in a way. Tell us about what happened to you. Well, it's been going on for about four years. I lost my right hip. Uh, I had a serious infection, so they had to take my hip away. I was down to have a below knee amputation. I thought the infection had gone into the bone. But lucky enough, it hasn't, so I've been able to keep my other leg. But towards the end of last year, um, my wife turned around and said, I can't take this anymore, and she just walked out on me. And we'd been together for 33 years, and that hit me hard, and I did, I'll, I'll be honest, I went into a dark hole. I even thought about committing suicide, I'm taking all the tablets I had in the house, all in one hit. But it was my daughter, um, she got she phoned me and she had a right on go at me over the phone and she came round the following day and it's her and my two grandsons they pulled me out of that dark hole. But it is still hard when you lock your door of a night time and you just don't hear from anybody. You don't see nothing. Especially where I live and it's it's a very quiet place and the council I've asked to be moved but there's literally nothing in the area there's no no homes ad adapted for my wheelchair so you know I'm finding it very hard at the moment but what do you do you'd said to me that you this is the third time that you'd been out in nine months yeah which people will be horrified to hear that I mean it's, it's just because it's so complicated to make things happen or connecting you how is it how has that come to be um, I really it's hard to explain um, it's very awkward for me to try and find transport to start with and transport is not not cheap you know I don't get a great deal on benefits, as I am, and to get from where I live to, to here, say, in a taxi, costs over £8. Now, how many times can you do that? You know, 
Yes, there is a, uh, a thing called um, Barla Ride, but they're not every day of the week. I don't I think it's not. On, I wouldn't be able to use them on a Saturday. If I wanted to come out on a Saturday, I'd have to rely on a taxi. But I'm sorry, I'm not going to pay out over £17 for taxi to get me from home to town and go back again. So, what do you do? You stay indoors. Yeah, and so if it wasn't for, for here, I'd just be sitting indoors today. How did you hear about this? Because was it Jackie that has introduced you? How did you meet Jackie? Um, it was all, actually, believe it or not, it was all through my um, district nurses. They sort of knew new people who knew people and that's how it all came about and then Jackie came round with Yvonne she's such a bubbly person and she was talking about John to team up with John so these are all people that we're sat next to on the table yeah yeah so um, it's completely changed me all together I know I haven't John hasn't been round to see me he's He's had a lot of other things on his mind and sorting other things out. But I don't mind that. I know... I can always pick the phone up and speak to Yvonne or someone and get John's number. And I could always probably ring John if I wanted to. And I'm more than happy, you know, coming here, well... This is once a month, isn't it? For a few hours, you get your dinner, you get a decent cake, you've got some ice cream today, and there's there's various quizzes and chats and things like that that's kind of what this is happening here isn't it but it's only a few few hours a month but you're saying that made such a difference just knowing that you've got something to look forward to and you get to connect and see people that's right yeah you know, it's, it's, like I say, it's only once a month but it's the best to me the best day of the month you know I'm, I'm, I'm out of the house I'm meeting these people, we're having a good laugh, like I say, you get good food, you know, there's, you can drink as much tea as you want, you can sink a battleship with the amount of tea you can put down here, but you're also made so welcome, you know, and so the first time I turned up, I was a little bit... Yeah, I was going to so say, were you nervous? A little bit on the nervous side, I'm thinking... How am I going to be accepted? You know, am I going to be able to communicate with people? But as soon as you walk through the door, that was it. You know, there was Yvonne and Simone, they made you welcome. I sat with, uh, on one of the other tables and we sat, we had a chat and yeah, felt really welcome. Then the second time I came, we all got together here and we had such a lot, yeah. you know, and it's the same same crew or the same people today and yeah, we're having a good laugh, you know. It strikes me that there's a kind of a sense of like um, gratitude or gratefulness that, I don't know, do you feel grateful that, that you have this opportunity? I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but a sense oh. of relief or... Oh, no, I'm very grateful. I really am. And there should be a lot more places like this. I think they could do... They do. They do so much good. 
Um, I don't think they get the recognition that these people deserve. You know, for a few hours a few hours a month, you're probably making somebody's life completely different. It's making my life different. Yeah. I am, I'm so happy. I really am. You know, and, you know, when you've got somebody like her over there causing all the trouble in here. She's gone quiet now, we've got the yeah, microphone out. See, this is it. She's it's a rebel at the other end yeah. of the table. Telling him he's on Granada But, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah, we, we're taking a mick out of each other. But you can no, laugh, and it's right. okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's it's nice for them sort of things to happen. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I'm more than grateful for meeting Jackie, and Jackie put me in contact with Avon and Simone. I'm so grateful for her. Oh well, I'm grateful for everybody. You know, I just do a terrific job. Good luck to them, and I hope they get more support than what they're getting now. It's an honour to meet you, Tim. And it's been very pleasant to meet you, Claire. Thank you very much indeed, darling. You take care. Thank you. And so the conversation continues in the Dingle Centre at the Commonwealth Party. Let's step towards the other side of the room, to the quieter, more sensible side, as they perhaps like to describe themselves. Here the three musketeers normally gather. One is missing this month. So we're introduced to George, who frankly knows everything there possibly is to know about the British Railway Network. No, really, he does. Believe me, you'll see what I mean. Jackie introduced me to EA and the Salvation Army. You see, so that sort of got me out of the house. I've been with my wife for 14 years looking after her, and she died 18 months ago, about, you know. So um, I was out and free, and what can I do? But I met Jackie before my wife had died, you see. So on the Friday, of course, my wife went to the day centre, and that left me free to go to the Salvation Army, you know. Anyway, I started coming here on the Monday and, and uh, we had our anniversary last week. <laughs> your anniversary said, of, of you coming here? Uh, uh, that's right, Jackie, Jackie, being introduced to Jackie and uh, getting me to take photographs. And that, that photographs everywhere, you know, in boots, in the Lothar Press, everywhere. Anyway, and all the lads, especially that one there, jealous. You're really? having photographs and I'm not. And the last time we were here, there was three of us, the new chaps at that side, I'm here and Derek's this side. And <laughs> What's this thing about three musketeers? People keep telling me about, oh, you well, must meet the three musketeers. We used to sit together, you see, and chat together. Well, Ray, his brother, had been taken sick down in Bristol. And, of course, he had to go down there and, of course, something like uh, two months and maybe less. Uh, he was down there and looking after him, right, you see. So... We'd not seen him much. I've seen him once, I think, last fortnight ago. I rang him up, like, you know. Anyway, as we got together on the end table, like, we're the three together, like, and they call, we call us the musketeers, like, being stuck together. 
Is that because you're the three guys next to each other? There's a lot of women here, isn't there? No, no, no. So I think there's a lot, of, there's a lot more there. women than men, they're, isn't there? They're on their clan over there, making a big row, as they do. <laughs> what, and you're just the quiet ones, who so keep just your head quiet. down? Keep the quiet ones, yeah. Oh, OK. Well, I've been given the tip-off that you know a thing or two about the railway. Well, it's been an ex-driver-like and working on steam engines and diesels, all a lot like. You played that down, George. You spent your whole life dedicated to the railways, didn't you? What you don't know about railways, you don't. See that one on my back? Yeah. Well, that was through shoveling and hard work, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't let me forget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the people are no like. Alan over there, he, he's got a model train set and he's, he's filled his room up with it, you know. He's mad on trains, but he's never worked on the railway. Okay. I think if he worked on so it... This is your badge of honour, your, your lump on your shoulder. It, this yeah. is it, yeah. Eight ton of coal, you know, working hard. Like. Anyway. Do, do you come to Share Club very often? You sound like you're kind of involved in lots of different things that Yvonne and Simone and Jackie do. Yeah, I come here every week, like, every Monday, come here, and every Friday we go to the uh, Salvation Army, yeah. that, which is down the bottom. Do you live in Winsford? Or? I don't live here, no, but... Where do, you, where do you live, like? I live in Manchester. Oh, you're in Manchester? Yeah. Whereabouts? Uh, Rush home. I'm, uh, I'm old, old Trafford. Old Trafford. Yeah. Well, you know where the football ground is. And the train line there. And the, and the, yeah. sta the steam depot at the back. And the station underneath, yeah. That's right. I've seen that. Well, you know, around the back used to be the steam depot, and they used to go there with locos and pick them up and walked up that line to Cornbury Junction many times, you know, <laughs> mid middle of the night to catch a train and then an engine going back to Northwich, you know, get a ride like that. Uh. So I, I used to drive from Manchester to Northgate Station in Chester, yeah. which is now gone like, yeah. and so is Manchester Central. It's an exhibition hall, isn't it? And uh, of course, uh, we're driving over that route regular like, you know, but now it's a tram line, isn't it? It is. You know, it is. From they brought it back, as they say. Well, they well, brought it back, I don't know. That's how life goes, I'm sure you see. It goes in cycles, doesn't it? These things are there, there then they disappear, true. and then they come back again. Everything's right, the universe is in a cycle, everything. I know. <laughs> so what do you talk about with your musketeers, then? Oh, all sorts of things, you know. <laughs> what, are you, what are you putting? Are you putting the world to right? Maybe, yeah, a lot of things. <laughs> and... Uh, me and Daddy, he's mechanically minded, and I am like, you know, and... Uh -huh. and well, so tell me about Derek, then. Uh, what's, his, what's his story? What did he used to do? And he, um, he was in the army just after me, like, I'm 86, he's 74, about 16 years older than him, you know. Anyway, uh, he's been in the army and he's done his bit there, like, you know, and I've been to Germany and he's been there, like, and... Uh -huh. We've both been over there, like, you know, there's a place called Billyfeld, and I was near Hanover, a place called Bunstall. Wow. I was in the army, signals, raw signals, and I went to uh, over there, and I was in the, uh, I was with the RAF at an airfield, because they don't put telegraph poles on airfields, they dig holes and put them underground, you know. <laughs> that must be quite interesting to come to somewhere like this where you don't know anybody and then you bump into somebody and you're like oh yeah, yeah actually yeah. we've got quite a bit in common well funny enough I sometimes I go to the church on a Wednesday because they advertise come here for tea and cake on a Wednesday and you can have a chat 
Yeah. So I started going there, met a few chaps, like, and we have a chat in, you know, all that. And a police sergeant, ex, ex-police sergeant, retired, he brought me a picture. Now, he knew I worked on the railway, and he brought this picture of a locomotive, what I used to drive. Wow. The same number, pulling a passenger train. That, tr- that engine is still running about private on, on private lines. The 48151 number, and it's what they call an ATF. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good engine, because I used to work up to Buxton, uh, Peak Forest, and pick up uh, limestone, you know, heavy limestone, and bring it back to Northwich, where they make all sorts of, you know, alkali work. But um, quite an interesting job, but it's hard work like. And, and when, when the steam finished in 68, we went over to diesel, you know, so it was just sitting there like a tram driver, you know. <laughs> but that must have been quite unique. So you, you're just going along to this drop-in centre and then he turns up with that photograph. That must be well, really nice. Uh, you know, surprising. Once people get to know that you're a railway, they might, you know, amazing how many people... Uh, well, I can't see him, Alan. But he has... He's over there behind you, yeah. and he's, he's got this layout, fantastic layout of model, model trains. And we got talking, like, and he got showing me photographs and all that of his layout. And he used to live at Hale, near Altrincham. You know that, don't you, Hale? You've got Altrincham. Right. Oh, Hale. 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 There was a footbridge over the line in between Olsingham and Ale, and alongside the road there, there's a footbridge. And uh, I used to work from Skelton Junction, which is the other side of Olsingham, and it's a bit of a gradient. You used to have to get moving, you know, fast. Otherwise, if you, if you stop, that was it. You had to get assistance from Trafford Park from, with a steam engine and push it. And um, yeah, I said to him, I said, that footbridge, we got the front wheels on there, and I knew we'd got them. We'd got them all the way to Northwich, you know. We weren't going to stick. And he said, I used to stand there and take the numbers. I thought, look, this. I said, I'd you take mine many a time, you know. Can we sing happy birthday to to stand there taking the numbers and, uh, and I've said many a time I'll bring some of my pocket boots what I used to write in the locomotive he had on that night for that trip who the fireman was and what have you you need to write a book George Fun? you need to write a book oh I do yeah you're right well, you've got the time now you've the got thing to do is it. the memory's going isn't it you wow. know little bits come back and then you suddenly realise like <laughs> And well, it's, it's amazing that you know so much, but also how the people that you talk to are interested and they want to know, and they know little things as well. It's amazing, isn't it? Could you imagine yeah. if like, you had never gone to the Salvation Army or you never came to Share Club? You'd never met Jackie before your wife no, had died. true. I met Jackie because they had a stall in the middle of the main thoroughfare in a shopping centre. 
and they had a line of stalls advertising various things, the fire brigade and the, the nurses from Ed Leighton and Jackie was there advertising Bright Life and I think Cathy was advertising uh, meals being delivered to your house anyway that dropped but uh, that's when I met her like you know and as I say four nights ago was our anniversary because she said like we were together 12 months ago you know but it's amazing what, di- what difference has it made to you well uh, a lot getting out of the house you know and uh, instead of being stuck in four walls and being lonely you might say like you know depressed and all that when you you're getting out and you're mixing like and plenty of friends like and that's what that's how it's got like do you think it's can't like it seems to be that for women it's really easy for them just to start nattering I think it is, is it yeah. is it harder for men well somehow it seemed to drop in because Derek next was next to me where where I lived at Lostock the other side of Northwich and he didn't realize this but he was a little kiddy running around when I was leaning over the wall talking to his dad and I said what are you doing he said I'm making a cabinet so you actually had already met, but you didn't know didn't who each know, other was. No, no. But then surely coming here, where you get to kind of talk to people and tell tell your stories, there's no point telling the walls your stories. Is oh, there no. at home? No. Life's think, about sharing. With sharing with. Sharing. What you, yeah, your experience sharing them oh, with yeah, other people. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I say, we went to the church. Well, this week on the Wednesday, I couldn't go. So I went on the Thursday. Now, little did I know, it was a different thing. There was no, there was only one bloke there. And uh, two of the ladies come over and chatting, and one of the ladies was in the Royal Signals, the same as me, at Catterick. But she was there 17 years after I'd been in and out, you see. <laughs> but we had a good conference, like, you know, had a lot to chat about. Yeah. Well, that's how you get into it, you know. You get swapping ideas and you find out you have a common interest. Yeah. And that was it, like. Well, I must let you prepare because I think a quiz is about to start. If uh, if you yeah. if you had to give a message to Jackie and some of the people who run the Bright Life services, well, what, what would you say? I, well, not being fantastic with words, like, but they're doing a fantastic job getting people off the you know out of the rooms, being cut off, and getting them out and about. I mean, once you start going out and mixing, it gets you out of the house, so you start going further and you're mixing more, you know. And that's what she's done, like. She's got me out and about, <laughs> which is a good thing, like, you know. <laughs> As the plates are cleared, it's John's job to hold the fort during the quiz. He sits perched on the end of his seat, microphone in hand, trying to control the now well-voiced room. It's a hopeless task, but at least some of the participants take their chance of competition very seriously. And so the day draws to a close. Another monthly share club wraps up. The taxi drivers arrive, filling up the car park, the crafts are tucked away, the music ends as the last of the dishes dried in the kitchen. As the volunteers head home, Yvonne and Simone count up the day's takings. Share Club complete for another month, and its members head home with a smile on their face. Alone, not lonely, after good conversation, a good meal, and relieved to spend a day out with others in the same boat.
You've been listening to Discover Bright Life, a podcast challenging the idea of loneliness and exploring new ways of tackling social isolation for those over 50. Next time, we meet two GPs who ponder whether loneliness is something that can be easily diagnosed. The impact on your mortality is comparable to obesity and has a similar influence to cigarette smoking. It's a comparable risk factor for early death as smoking 15 cigarettes per day. Really? That's amazing, isn't it? Which is remarkable. And so we spend all this time often focusing on the things that we know are harmful, like smoking and obesity and treating diabetes and treating heart disease. But do we spend the equivalent time focusing on people who are lonely? More from Atchla and Jonathan on the impact isolation can have on our health in episode two of Discover Bright Life. The podcast is presented and produced by Claire Freeman and a small furry bear productions. For more information, visit brightlifecheshire.org.uk. Discover Bright Life. Because sometimes the best medicine is a good laugh in friendly company.